Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Coming up, uh, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach, will be with us. A safe place to fail. I go back and look. I played college baseball, but I uh, I go back and I remember being in little league, and I remember I can remember uh, a couple of experiences when I talk about having a safe place to fail. I remember as a nine-year-old getting drafted and being put on a quote-unquote little league major baseball team. My dad played professional baseball. He was in AAA with the Mets in 1969. Everybody in our town knew that my dad was a professional baseball player. And of course, as a nine-year-old, some some team drafted me and put me with the 10, 11, and 12-year-olds. It looked like Nolan Ryan was on the mound. I couldn't even see the ball. It was an exercise in futility, but it was a good exercise for me to see that and see the level of play and struggle And it was a safe place to fail. That's what I'm talking about with sports. I think sometimes youth sports, parents get involved. We want to to jimmy-rig the outcome for our kids. And I understand you want your kid to be successful. But don't rescue your kid and take the ability for them to be resilient and the ability for them to overcome an obstacle away from them, for crying out loud. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach. He's got kids who play baseball. Joining us now. Hey, on the youth sports front, can we can we dabble there for a minute before we get into the football? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about your youth sports experiences. Were they all glory? Did you have some struggles? What did you get out of sports besides trophies? Yeah, well, yeah, they were a, a bunch of fun. Um, not ever, didn't win every game. I can still remember giving up a couple home runs when I'm pitching in little league to my buddies, who then you saw the next day at school, and they wanted to tell you about it. And uh, yeah, it was it was great for me playing baseball and basketball, and and yeah, having some ups and downs and teamwork and and all of that. When I talk about safe place to fail, as a parent, you know you. You may watch your kid struggle in a youth sport. I guess my argument is I think kids can get something out of, you know, they can grow in confidence and they can, you know, you don't want them as an adult or even a college kid encountering adversity for the first time without a parent there to rescue them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. There's no question that uh, adversity and a, maybe a big stage and a big moment in Little League, whether it's, it works out or not, um, overcoming and bouncing back. I think that builds self-esteem uh, in all of us when we got challenges and sometimes fail, but you get back up and once you improve and get it figured out the next time, that, that builds your self-esteem. You got the job at Oregon State and you walked in and that first season was a bit of a struggle. I remember you getting a late season win at Colorado, but you know what else did you get out of 2-10? and 10? Yeah, uh, you know, it was what we signed up for. Had a lot of work to do, and and you learned a bunch. I think, I think our approach year one was continue to dive into the player, knowing that we wanted to be able to develop some guys over the long haul. You know, and the the light at the end of the tunnel, it wasn't very close that first year. But I do look back, and the consistency of our approach, I think that's paid dividends in the the years moving forward. Was it hard when you weren't getting a result because? And, or maybe it was the Colorado game late in the year where you where you got one and you were able to hold it up to the guys and go, look, this is what why you, you know you got the result. Like, is it difficult when you're not getting wins to continue to preach that message? 
Oh yeah, man, it's hard to keep a belief in all of that when you're not getting in the win column, and um, that's tough stuff. And that's you know part of coaching. Uh, that's part of you know playing this playing the game. You're not always going to win. You got to stick to a process that you believe in and be consistent with it, and always feel like uh, the lights at the end of the, end of the tunnel. Uh, that was a you know it was a, a fun win to have that first year. I definitely remember it over there. Go to overtime. Yeah, and I want to say that locker room was full of guys that never won on the road in their whole career. So it was like their wow. first win on the road. Uh, so yeah, it was a great day. All right, you guys uh, are going on the road. It's always tough to win on the road. You're playing a team that's already played a game. Um, what do you see on film when you look at San Jose State? Yep, let's see. Uh, a sound scheme on all three phases, but I was going to say offense and defense. The quarterback stands out. I mean, this guy, he can move. He's accurate. He's played a lot of football. You can just see his experience with his decision-making. Uh, he's a threat. I mean, this guy's thrown over 70 touchdowns in his career, um, so that stands out. And, and they didn't back down to anything. They're going toe-to-toe into halftime, one-score game, and really just a few plays kind of broke the thing open. Obviously, the kickoff return for a touchdown, but as he goes for it on a fourth down, close to midfield, and they convert it as he made the play, but you know things are a little different if they don't. Um, so this is going to be a challenge, like you're saying. First game, it's on the road. Um, Playing against a team that's got a bunch of pride, they've been winning games for multiple years now, and they're going to bowl games. So, yeah, it's a serious challenge that got our attention. Anthony Gold was on the show earlier. He talked a little bit about you know the fact that there is a little chip on the shoulder this season. Do you? How do you keep that from being too heavy? Meaning, you won't want it to be a distraction, but you want it to be motivation. Yeah, we 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 want to play with an edge, and there's no question that. Um, you know, it, it, these games mean something. Uh, they can put a ton of work into them. Um, and so you know, we're going to respect all but fear not as we approach each week uh, and go into the thing. And Anthony Gould, I think, represents the two at T. You talk about a chip on his shoulder, one of my favorite players on this team. Uh, what The player he's turned in to be, huge plays for us last year and counting on a bunch of them this year. DJ is your starting quarterback. Uh, I know you talked in the news conference kind of about what set him apart. Is it decision making? Is it uh, you know? Is it his experience? What did, what did you see? Well, you know, he kind of separated in a couple scrimmages. I mean, we did we put the ball down and let these guys operate and go play, and he moved moved the offense and scored points. He was good with his decisions um, in those, and that kind of separated. Uh, just looking at the body of work of fall camp, there's no question he has experience in big stages and big stadiums, and and uh, that that's helped him. Uh, I think his approach with his teammates. It's been been awesome, and there's a real belief that you know him pulling the trigger for us, we can do some some cool things. He's not coming into a situation where he has to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns every game, and I think in a lot of ways it's a great situation for him. But how do you kind of balance, um, you know, keeping the identity of the team, adding him into the fold? You know, I I, I still want to say you're going to run the football or you're going to challenge the other team to stop you. Yeah, I mean, we want to have some balance. We want to make the game physical. Uh, at the same time, if we feel like we can get some things going in the pass game, we're not going to hesitate to call multiple passes and put the ball in his hands and, and let him go because we do got some guys on the outside that can make some plays. Uh, but I just think in general I want to be good at both, throwing it and running it, and then uh, you go enter into a game and see what's working and be able to change it up. Um, and, and I do think we got to be able to take a step. I just look at over the whole 
overall the whole season, the type of offenses, quarterbacks we're going to see in this league this year, we got to be able to score a little bit. You know, it's interesting because I have found, like, I've seen you on the sideline right before the games, and if there's a Dodgers-Giants series going on, you're, you know, you, you'll, you're sort of uh, staying a little loose, you know, you're, you're, you're not one of these coaches who's, like, running around the field, you know, intense and, you know, right before kickoff. Is that, is, is that because you feel like you've done the work to that point and you don't benefit from being tight on game day and you want to kind of set, you know, give me an idea, like, it feels like the preparation, you're in the meat of the preparation right now, but by Sunday, right before kickoff, it's more just, hey, it's in the hands of the guys. Let's let's see how they react, and let's see what positions we can put them in. Yeah, I mean, you get in right before the game. You put a lot of work in, and you got to feel good about the approach you took leading up to that point. And so I'm trying to just kind of be consistent to, to who I am. I think these guys are going to be excited to play. I don't. They're not going to need me to all of a sudden jump with some, a ton of excitement. They put a lot of work into this thing um, and showed level-headed. Obviously, I'm competitive as all get out, and my mind's stirring, but it helps me once in a while. I have a little bit of distraction or side conversation before. Yeah, that, that gets you a little bit relaxed, like not, you know, because you, you know you've got big decisions coming up. Yeah, I try to, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just trying to mess with my own head a little bit. But, yeah, right before the game, the band's going, the crowd's there. It's exciting, man. This is awesome stuff. Um, but not trying to get too ramped up because there are some critical decisions that got to be made during this game. It's not like you can press pause on the TV or something to make them. I mean, that play clock's going and down the distance changes and timeouts you have and the flow of the game and how we're doing offense, defense, special teams, all that's going through your head the whole time during the game. Jonathan Smith is with us, Oregon State football coach. All right, um, look, I I know that you, you, you've got a good problem in that you've got a bunch of guys who went off and got into NFL camps, and it's been fun to see some of these guys like Jack Coletto and Jaden Grant, you know, make a run at trying to make teams and get on practice squads. But well, how do you replace that leadership on defense? And, and where do you feel like you're at right now when it comes to a leadership on the defensive side of the ball standpoint? Yeah, I think it's going to be those guys are tough to exactly replace. I mean, Jaden Grant, uh, the legacy he left at this place, his story from year one to more or less year seven, um, he did. He had some great leadership and motivation and maturity about it, competitiveness. Um, I like where we're headed defensively, the leadership in, because we've got some guys that have played. I actually think the game atmosphere now will allow them to continue building on the leadership you know, in between series when things don't go exactly right and how they respond and help these younger guys continue to come along. Catan and Easton Mascarenas and James Rawls and Isaac Hodgins, these guys have played a lot of football. So I'd feel feel good the direction our leadership's going. All right, 10 wins last year. Uh, the program's not won 10 wins. It's two years in a row. You could probably tell the guys stories after the Fiesta Bowl cover of Sports Illustrated. I mean, the, the stories are out there. How do you convince your team that last year didn't matter, even though down deep it did? Yeah, I mean, you remind them last year, yeah, winning 10 games is pretty cool, but recognizing how hard that was and how much resilience you had to have and adversity we had during the season, during games. And so this stuff's not easy to win, man. And we stick into a process of approach week in and week out. Uh, we're going to let it hang out on, on Sunday, and we're going to learn a ton. 
after the game and whether we win by three touchdowns or lose by three touchdowns we're back to this approach we've got to learn we won't be playing our best ball at the end of the season so if we've got a great approach week in and week out we'll continue to improve and that'll give us a chance to do something special in november all right i'm going to salt lake city and going to catch the florida utah game tomorrow night and then i'm headed to yeah. the bay area for your game because I think it's I think those two games are the biggest games in the conference. Do you will you do you watch the other games? I guess you watch the San Jose State USC game, but will you tune into Florida Utah just to kind of get your mind in football mode? Yeah, uh, and you enjoy it. I'll be anxious to to see those guys play. We catch up with them here in a month or so, and so yeah, we, I got time around schedule to to check it out. You know, we get to get all the tape of it too, so we'll be watching watching that as we get into Utah week, but. Yeah, rooting for those guys to, to play well. That place will be rocking. And then you're right. I think coming over to this game, this game is going to be something. I mean, San Jose State, what they've done over the last couple of years, I, I think that crowd will be a, a big one for what they normally get. Counting on Beaver Nation showing up down there in the Bay, Bay Area as well. It'll be good to see them. Yeah, I know, I know it's uh, that coaching staff. You're familiar with those guys. They're good coaches. They're a good team. Any chance of it being a trap game? Can you? Is there such a thing as a trap game in week one? I don't think so. I mean, just in general. I mean, each week, these guys, all of us know how competitive these games are. And, you know, people win that maybe don't, not many expect to happen. But this is college football. you got to bring your A game each week, and, and that's what we're going to try to do. All right. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, good luck to you. I'll see you Sunday at the stadium. Nice day game. You all right with the day game? No, no question. I am. Wake up, quick walk through, and get to the stadium. It's awesome. All right, I'll see you there. Good luck to you. Okay, thanks, John. Travel safe. All right, All right. Jonathan Smith, Oregon State football coach. I'll tell you a, a takeaway I have in listening to Jonathan Smith and Dan Lanning both this week and talking to coaches over the years about this time. I don't think they're nervous. I think they're all business at this time. I can feel – I felt it in Dan Lanning on Friday. Like, he – as he was giving answers, he was talking. It was a good interview. It was fine. I think he's a I think he's a little tight. Not because like he's nervous about Portland State, not because it, it's just that time of year where there's some pressure coming, your team's going to be on the field, and I think head coaches are focused on, you know, the performance of the team, how do they look, the procedural stuff, and you know, there's a lot to do before they kick off a game, and I think on Friday, I heard it in Dan Lanning. He, he wasn't as he wasn't as loose. Even talking about Pacino and the Godfather, whatever we were talking about, that had nothing to do with football. And Jonathan Smith, just a little tight. Steven, are you getting what I'm putting down here? Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think the coaches in general on about Wednesday of week one are going, hey, we have a game this week. They're in game mode. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it's not nervousness. It's it's kind of like an excitement, but at the same time, it's like, has all this work we've put in, is it going to work? Right? Like, it's not, they're not nervous about the actual game. They're just nervous about, like, I just did all this work for this whole season, recruiting everything, and it comes down to, you know, one couple hours on Saturday or on Sunday. Like, I think, I, I'm with you. It's not nervousness. It's more, it's excitement, but I mean, I don't know. Just not, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You're right. Like, it's, they were they were just were not as uh, personable as they usually were. weren't as excited, I would say. And I I think there it's just there's a tightness, there's a little tightness to the to the act and to the interview that is evident to me. And I'm not saying it's bad. Don't like at me and be like, who said Jonathan Smith was tight? No, I just think it, it's more like it's 
they're in business mode at this point. It's almost like the, since the expectations are so high, you know, like it, it's there's some expectations to them this season. Where you know, last season, Dan Lane's first season, Jonathan Smith, you know, wasn't expected to win ten games. Like this year, both teams are expected to be really good. So I think you're right. I think it's a little bit of tightness and the fact that they are supposed to be good. Like has this work? Has all the work in the off season worked out? We'll find out. I I, uh, I did a podcast with John Wilner of the Bay Area News Group earlier today, and we handicapped and talked in depth about the Oregon game against Portland State and what we're looking for and the Oregon State game. We talked about all the games, but I'm gonna, I pulled the audio from those two snippets. I'm going to play it in the next segment so you can hear Wilner and I debate whether it, there's such a thing as a trap game in week one. I don't think there can be. I don't think you can go on the road against a team you just saw play San Jose State, played against USC, played them pretty tough in the first half. I don't think you can go on the road and walk into that environment and go, oh, we're looking past it. Not when you have UC Davis and San Diego State and Washington State in your next three games. Like, you know, if you had Oregon in your next game or you had USC in your next game, maybe you could say it's a trap game. I don't think there's such a thing for Jonathan Smith and Oregon State. I do think that game's going to be closer than expected because – they're going on the road, and because they're playing a team that's got some guys. The quarterback's good. He's got receivers. They'll put up some points, I think. But I think Oregon State's going to win that game. I don't know if they're going to cover the 17, 17 and a half, but I'm picking them to win the game. But you'll hear Wilner and I debate it next. Also, we talk about what we want to see in the Portland State-Oregon game. I want you to leave it here. you got the bald-faced truth statewide right here in the BFT Radio Network. So much more ahead. we got a great week of radio. Leave it locked in right here. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. John Wilner and I host a podcast. We co-host it. Canzano and Wilner, the podcast. You can grab that podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you get a podcast, you can find Kanzano and Wilner. Uh, on today's episode, if you want to grab it, we handicap the Pac-12 Week 1 games. We went wire to wire. And I want to just pull out a couple of them. I want to pull out our conversation about Oregon and Portland State, uh, that uh, that game taking place on Saturday at Autzen Stadium, and then pull out the conversation we had about Oregon State and San Jose State, the game taking place on Sunday. We mostly see the Oregon game the same way. You know, Bruce Barnum came on yesterday's show. You heard him here. He talked about, you know, the fact that his he believes his team is really fast, but he doesn't think necessarily that it will show in this game against Oregon because they are blistering fast. Uh, but we have a conversation about that, and uh, you can hear it here. Uh, as we pivot to the noon game on the Pac-12 Networks, Portland State going to Oregon, Dan Lanning, one of the fastest teams in uh, major college football, playing against a Portland State team that is billing itself as the fastest team in their division. And so in the lower division of Division One football, Portland State saying, hey, we're the fastest team in our division. They're the fastest team in their division. Uh, Oregon's speed, I think, is too much. And, uh, you know, I think they run away with this one comfortably. I also talked with Bruce Barnum, the Portland State coach. He told me, you know, his focus is on winning games. They have Wyoming next week. I think down deep, Portland State thinks it has a shot at Wyoming. And I won't be surprised in the fourth quarter of this game 
if Oregon's up by three scores, if Barnum pulls his starters, and it really gets away from Portland State. So keep an eye on that if you're somebody uh, focused on that game. Yeah, a blowout game over by, what, 1 o'clock, one fifteen. I would think. Uh, I am curious to see Oregon's offense with Will Stein, uh, the new play caller, but this is not going to be a very good uh, indication, right, because they're going to keep things under wraps and only only do the bare minimum here to get get through and get into week two. I do share John Wilner's intrigue as it pertains to seeing Will Stein, seeing Bo Nix, seeing some of the Oregon players. I'll be curious to see how physically dominant they look, how fast they look. I'll be looking at the defense quite a bit, the receivers with Bo Nix. How does that all look? Offensively, I agree, we're not going to see a ton of creativity. I don't think they're going to empty the playbook in a game against Portland State. They've got Texas Tech. Oregon has Texas Tech in Week 2 in Lubbock, Texas. I'll be on the scene for that one uh, as well. But uh, we uh, we also talked about Oregon State and San Jose State, and it was a very different conversation. We did not see that game the same way. Wilner is calling it a trap, and he will not be surprised if San Jose State wins it. I think it's a potential trap, but I think Oregon State knows the stakes. Listen to our conversation about that one as I set up the Oregon State Week 1 game. Oregon State, San Jose State, Sunday game, CBS, 1230 in San Jose. I'll be at this game as well as the Thursday night Utah-Florida game. This will be my second game of the week. I'm excited to see this game. And San Jose State uh, coming off a respectable loss to USC. The spread is 17.5 with a total of 54.5. And And I think that if there's going to be an upset, a big upset, I got this one circled. I think the Beavers... Are going to be really pushed, right? This is a this is a great example of a team playing not only its first game of the season, but first game with a new quarterback. And San Jose State's line and weight, and they they have gotten themselves, uh, you know, they sharpened their their execution by being able to play USC last week. Uh, and San Jose State's not a bad team, and they can move the ball. So I think there's a chance that this is an outright upset. I certainly like San Jose State to cover. Uh, but I think they can win the game, and, and Oregon State is going to have to really uh, execute efficiently for a, a season opener if they're going to get out of there with a victory, because I think San yeah. Jose State this is a perfect setup for an upset. I think it's a dangerous game, and, and I, but I think Oregon State comes in to this season with uh, another great offensive line, a quarterback in DJ Uyunglele who will get his first start. He's big in, been in big environments uh, at Clemson, and, and I think – that matters in this kind of game. But San Jose State, you know, they've got some guys, and they've got a great coaching staff, and I think it presents a dangerous matchup. I, I, I agree with you that San Jose State and the points is the play. But the Beavers, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, Wilner, and if you're, if you're telling me that a program that got told that they're left behind is going to be a no-show in Week 1, I would be really surprised by that. So I think that Oregon State wins a very tough physical game. I think they make it tough and physical, but I think it does not come without, you know, risk and danger and I think San Jose State will score some points in this game. So I think I think you're right to see it as a potential trap, but I think Oregon State survives it. I am very curious about Oregon State, right? Cuz I agree with you that they've got uh, and Washington State too a chip from the the Pac-2 situation, but it's interesting to contrast that with the other dynamic the Beavers are dealing with, which is preseason expectations, unlike we have seen for that program 
I, I don't know when the last time they there was so much hype going into a uh, a season in Corvallis, right? They won 10 games. They're they're ranked in the preseason AP poll. They've gotten a lot more attention, a lot more praise than uh, they have in eons. And so you do wonder, like, is that going to balance out with the chip on the shoulder factor so that they end up, you know, just being in the right state of mind? Or is one of those two dynamics going to kind of carry the day uh, emotionally for them? Because I, I do think that, you know, when you have an, an entire offseason w- with expectations elevated beyond anything the players have ever experienced, it can have an, a, an effect on your chemistry. And then here they come a few weeks ago with the with the, the destruction of the Pac-12, and that changes their, their mentality as well. So it'll be really fascinating to watch not only this game for them, but how their whole season plays out. August 13th, 2001, cover of Sports Illustrated. Features Joey Harrington at Oregon, Ken Simonton at Oregon State, with the with the headline "State of War," in Oregon a national title is at stake. I think the expectations for the the duality of the programs has very few times risen to where it is this season. With two ranked teams in the preseason, you know we we can go back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where Mike Riley and Chip Kelly were mixing it up for a chance to go to the Rose Bowl, uh, but few other times has both these programs been this good and this hopeful at this point and so was, you know, was jonathan smith the quarterback that year he uh he absolutely was 2001 yeah. yeah so you know he and he remembers that they didn't follow the fiesta bowl season with a great year i mean they came back and they kind of laid an egg and and you know they didn't fulfill sort of the uh they didn't finish the job and so i here's another thing like i i occasionally am in touch with jonathan smith I have found him a little more distant this offseason. And I thought maybe it was because, you know, he was just trying to get away. He's trying to spend some time with his family. I think he does that. I think it's very important to him. But I also think that he was doing a lot of thinking and a lot of planning and a lot of focus on the very you touched on. Like the expectations of this season are going to be different. And I think he's been in that case, you know. They they went eleven and one and beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl and then they came back with the Sports Illustrated cover and they didn't really get the job done and so I think that that may be ringing in the back of his mind and I think you're absolutely right to kind of look at that so that's why I think this this opener is super important for his team and if they can beat San Jose State on the road you look at the rest of their non conference it's UC Davis at home and it's San Diego State at home and then. Washington State on the road and then home against Utah in week five. Like, you know, everybody looking ahead to week five. No, no, no. You, you, you need to be looking at Sunday. Absolutely. I think that that could be the last game of the week for the Pac-12 could end up being the best game of the week for the Pac-12. For the first and last, right? The Utah, Utah, Florida, and Oregon State, San Jose State, fascinating bookends yep. to uh, to week one. If you want the rest of that podcast, you can grab it. Kanzano and Wilner, the podcast. Get it wherever you find a podcast. All right, tomorrow I will be live from Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City, Utah, where Florida will be visiting who will start at quarterback for the Utes. I'll join this show from the stadium. Judah Newby and Stephen Vaughn will be hosting. Uh, And uh, on Friday uh, we will talk all about the weekend, and we will really set up and nail down our picks on this show San Jose State, an Oregon State game is on Sunday. The Ducks will be playing Portland State on Saturday. It's going to be fantastic stuff. Great theater. 
And yes, college football is officially finally here. Great stuff today. Grab a podcast of this show wherever you find your Bald Face Truth Radio Show podcast. And we are back tomorrow. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.